I'm a stud. I'm ballsy. I don't take no shit from anyone. I smoke my stogie anywhere I want. I don't have to find a hideout place like you. How bad is number two on In the 2021 NFL Draft, the Atlanta Falcons select Kyle Pitts. I'd like to take this chance to apologize to absolutely nobody. Touchdown, Atlanta! What is up? My name is Jesse Head, and this is another episode of the Heads Up Podcast, your source for all things Falcons related, and I'm fired up to be back. I was out last week uh, on vacation, man, went down to the beach, so did not drop an episode last week, as I told y'all right before I left on the previous episode, Uh, but we are back full tilt now. Had a great time at the beach, Uh, probably drank about 40 Miami Vices um, over a span of seven days. I don't know if I'm, uh, you know, proud of that or disappointed, but either way, it's pretty impressive. Uh, But this episode, guys, we're going to be talking about uh, training camp expectations and goals. Um, in some of the future episodes, we'll dig um, into some of the positional battles that'll be going in, uh, that, that'll be going on during training camp um, with some of our positional groups. Uh, but for this episode, it's just going to be a general overview of the goals and the expectations that you want to have going in uh, to training camp with a new head coach and a new GM uh, that are trying to uh, start off this regimen the right way. So training camp is set to start July 27th for all players. Uh, The first cut to 85 players will be August 17th. A second cut to 80 on August 24th. And then the final trim to the 53-man roster that we'll be going to battle with for the season will be August 31st. Um, So not a lot of news floating around for the Falcons. Not a lot of updates to put out there. Uh, But the one big thing that's happened is this Barkevious Mingo situation. I'm not going to talk a lot about that on this podcast. This podcast is about positivity and uh, trying to escape all that negative news and things like that. Uh, But it's an unfortunate situation with child molestation, child sex possibly, um, and there's some disturbing details uh, involved in it. And whether it's true or not, um, unfortunately, it has come out about him, whether it's a, a thing to try to get money or whatever it may be. But at the end of the day, he got cut uh, because he has no ties to this team. Uh, He hasn't ever played a season with us. He's been with us for a small uh, time period during the offseason here. We've got a GM and head coach that are trying uh, to make sure that they start this out the right way. And you don't want to have a guy in the locker room or on this roster um, that that has – that's going to be creating a topic like that amongst the team and amongst the players um, in the locker room. And it's simple as that. So we'll see you. Um, so really starting to get fired up and into football mode with training camp starting in just a couple weeks. Um, the Falcons have announced that they're going to do an open practice on August 7th um, at the Benz. Uh, so it's all coming up fast. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, man, going into this training camp and discussing it on the podcast and uh, talking about all the positional battles and um, the goals that we're going to be having going into this training camp. Uh, so let's get into it. It's tough to find a reliable barber. Everybody wants to look their best, and that starts with a fresh haircut. That's why you got to go check out Eclectic Barbershop, the best barbershop in Atlanta. Whether it's for a hot date and you're trying to get your freak on or a business meeting and you're trying to give off a good impression. I get the fade, that's my thing, but they can do it all. They take care of you. 
They do the hot towel, straight razor, they'll even hook you up with an ice cold beer while you're waiting or while you're getting your hair cut. They're located at 805 Peachtree Street. Parking is free across the street. Eclectic Barbershop, check them out. So there's obviously a ton of different goals and a ton of different expectations going into any training camp uh, for any NFL team out there. But I think uh, for a team that has a brand new head coach and a brand new GM that haven't ever been in those roles before, I think that your your goals are, are a little bit more broad versus a, uh, a team that's had the same head coach and GM uh, for several years now. I think uh, their goals are a little bit more specific to try to get them over that hump and win more games uh, versus a team that uh, has their first um, – their first training camp, their, their, their first opportunity to get all these guys together. Uh, you're putting in a new offensive scheme, new defensive scheme. You've got uh, new leaders um, on the coaching staff and just a lot of different changes and players that haven't been around you much. And the first thing that comes to mind for me, and, and none of these are in a specific order. These are just some of the, the, the I think the top things that stand out to me. I think I've got five here. The top five things that stand out to me to try to kick off um, this regimen the right way. And the first thing that I have is develop your culture. Um, Arthur Smith is an extremely different coach than Dan Quinn was. And we still have a lot of the guys that uh, on our roster that were coached by uh, Dan Quinn. And, you know, for him, in order to be successful, you have to have players buy into your program. Um, and, you know, whether you see it on the surface or not, there is a major culture shock going on within this organization um, over there in Flowery Branch as they go through OTAs and start up training camp. Um, he's extremely different than Dan Quinn in a lot of ways. Um, Arthur Smith runs a corporate-like, no-nonsense program. DQ ran this buddy program, this trendy uh, guy that could connect with the players on a real personal level. Um, and Arthur Smith's not like that. Um, he's more of the... Uh, accountability type guy a lot of people credited Dan Quinn's little buddy system that he had with everybody which I'm not knocking it I, I was all for it until it stopped working uh, but a lot of people credit that to the lack of accountability that was floating around our team you know DQ was a total bro always cutting up with the guys and Smith is kind of an awkward dude you can see it in his interviews and in his press conferences you can certainly tell he was not the popular kid in school and so if you're not bringing that strong, bonding, buddy-like relationship you know, to your program, you better have a game plan that speaks for itself and that people buy into, which I think he's going to have. And he had before as an offensive coordinator with the Tennessee Titans. He kind of has that Bill Belichick uh, personality and approach. Um, and you know, I'll tell you that if Bill Belichick didn't have the, the winning record that he has and, and everything like you know the, the buying into the program of do your job, do your job, and don't worry about anything else, if, if, if he wasn't successful like he was, I don't, don't think people would really like him. Dan Quinn was one of those guys that even when he was losing and everybody could see it, that he, it, we really needed to move on from him, the players were still buying in um, to his program and still loved him like crazy. Um, so that's one of the main things that stand out uh, to me uh, going into your first uh, training camp. Well, let's lock in and develop uh, that, uh, that culture that we need to set forth to be a successful team. Number two is find your offensive line. Um, I'm confident going into this season with what we have there. We've got a lot of different uh, pieces there. Um, but we've been trying to figure out the offensive line situation uh, since we lost the Super Bowl. And there's a lot of pieces and a lot of potential there. 
uh, for these guys to work with, but we got to find the right starting five. And in a perfect world, you find that starting five by the first you know game of the season, uh, so we can start developing that cohesiveness and that chemistry. You know, there's been a lot of talk of positional battles, and we won't get into it too much. We're going to actually try to do an episode on the offensive line specifically and the positional battles that are going to go on within that. But there's been a lot of talk about positional battles with center and left guard. Um, there's even been some chatter about possibly moving Caleb McGarry uh, somewhere else, which I don't really like that at all, and I don't know how much uh, meat is behind meat is behind that um, that rumor going on. But I've heard some stuff like that. But there's obviously going to be some main positional battles going on at center and left guard. Uh, the guys that could be battling for that center role, uh, Drew Dahlman and Matt Hennessy, And then battling for that left guard spot, Matt Gono, Jalen Mayfield, and either of the guys that are on the losing end of the center battle. And there's some other dudes that could emerge that are, that are floating out there. But um, I think those are the main guys that are going to um, go out there and compete for it. From what I'm, you know, from above, without seeing or hearing anything, or no, you know, training camp not starting yet. I like Jake Matthews at left tackle, uh, Jalen Mayfield at left guard, um, Orgono. I like him too. Um, then Dalman at center, Chris Lindstrom and Caleb McGarry on the right side of the line. Um, but we'll see how that plays out, um, you know, through training camp. But um, that is one of the main things that we need to make sure that we do um, is find find your starting five on that offensive line and start building that cohesiveness. And if they can go out there and just be decent, I think that Matt Ryan could have a successful year um, in this offense. Um, you know, I think you know, Matt Ryan is one, of, is one of the better quarterbacks in the NFL if he has protection. Um, I forgot who it was that came on the radio, this was, I think, a couple years ago, but said Matt Ryan is as good as Tom Brady if you give him protection. And I don't know how true that is today, um, and we'll see a lot of people talking about this is where the decline starts for him. But if you give that guy an offensive line, this team can be successful. So we got to find that starting five. That's one of the main goals um, that you want to have going in to this training camp. Find the right guys so we can start building that cohesiveness and chemistry um, for Matt Ryan and then uh, you know Mike Davis and then the guys that are to come after that. Number three, find the pass rush. Uh, extremely high on my list. Very, very different approach on defense that we're going to see as fans and we've seen in the previous years. Um, before with Dan Quinn, it was a very simple defense in the sense that his goal, and it looked a little bit different different towards the end of his tenure due to the fact that he went into desperate mode and was trying to find a way to make it work. But his defense was really designed to be simple and get, co- and get sacks from coverage. Um, his expectation is that we would have extremely good coverage, and then from there um, we would get sacks from that. And you know, the goal was to only blitz four guys and be successful from that. And every once in a while, he'd throw in a little something else. Towards the end, we started seeing a lot of Deion Jones blitzing, Foisei Oluwakin blitzing, and things like that. But that was just because we had to desperately find pass rush because our our coverage could not could not do what he wanted to do. With Dean Ple- Dean Pease, completely different approach. The guy wants to blitz from all over the place. He wants to bring corners. He wants to bring safeties. He wants to bring outside linebackers. He wants to do stunts. He'll drop defensive tackles back in coverage, defensive ends back in coverage to confuse the quarterback. Does a ton of different things. And obviously going into this, you know, going into this season, our expectation is that Dante Fowler is that guy that leads the sack bunch. But when I say find your pass rush, I mean where are we going to find that, that middle, those middle-of-the-pack guys? 
when we went over the um, Dean P's 3-4 defense in a previous episode, y'all should go back and listen to that great episode. But when we went over that, we went through the stats of all the players on the defense and all the sack numbers that they had. And there was a ton of different guys that were in the mix. And they usually had a lead dog. There was always a guy, whether it was an outside linebacker or defensive end, that led the pack, that was one of the more successful pass rushers that had a lot of tools in his arsenal. But there was a ton of dudes uh, that were packed in the middle there with three, four, five, and six sacks. And we got to find out who those guys are. That's what I mean when I say find the pass rush. So who are those other guys going to be that are going to be capable of producing those numbers, whether it's John Kaminsky or Grady Jarrett. I think we're going to see Grady Jarrett move around in a lot of different areas, whether it's a five-tech on the outside of the the left tackle or right tackle, whether it's in a three-tech. I don't think we're going to see him traditionally in the the zero-tech. Um, that you'd see in a 3-4, obviously, you know, about, uh, I think it's like 60 or 70% of your uh, pass or your defensive formations are in that dime package, so we'll see him in a lot of unique different areas. Um, Who's it going to be, though? Who's going to step up and get those sacks for us? Who's going to get back there? Is it going to be a rookie? Who's it going to be? Who are the guys that are going to be in the middle of that pack? And we have to find those guys. That's one of the goals that you have, you know, going into this training camp is finding those middle-of-the-pack guys because we don't have anybody that's stepped up in the past. Um, when he took over the Tennessee Titans, when he was the defensive coordinator um, for the Baltimore Ravens, there were really capable people um, outside of your lead pass rusher uh, that could step up and get those numbers for you. And I just don't see where we have those um, on our defensive line and, and, and our linebackers. So we've got to find the guys that are going to be in the middle that are going to be um, in the middle of that pack and, and provide us some production in the sack numbers outside of your lead dog like a Dante Fowler. So that's an extremely important one for us. Number four, sign the right veteran piece. Um, we've got about $10 million in cap space now. It went up a little bit due to um, the situation with cutting Barkevius Mingo. Uh, but there's a lot of veteran talent out there right now. We've got a little bit of money to spend. And for a team that, that's uh, got some, some young pieces that we're trying to mold, um, bringing in a veteran talent is, is always good to do. A guy that understands the development process, that can help guide these guys. You know, obviously, you know, we're not going to go win a Super Bowl next year, so we're not signing anybody to get us over that hump. But somebody that understands the process and understands um, – how, you know how to be a leader and how to guide these guys, and it can be an extra coaching piece. We talked about this on a previous episode um, where we talked about some of the free agents out there that we could go that we could go after. Some of the names that we mentioned were Justin Houston, uh, Melvin Ingram. As far as the pass rush side of things, we mentioned some running back guys like Duke Johnson um, that are out there. Even Le'Veon Bell still out there, although I don't think that's somebody we want to go after with the uh, kind of head case um, that he is. Um, but there, there's a lot of different areas that we could add to. I'd like to see it on the defensive side of the ball, uh, maybe a safety or a corner or something like that. But specifically, I think what would what would be the, the best thing to do is bring in a pass rushing count to start developing some of these young guys. Um, but there's some guys out there, and I think it's important that you go out there and sign the right one um, to be that extra leader, to be that you know that extra coach. Uh, that's on the field uh, that the players are going to have a ton of respect for. Um, I, I can't help but you know, continue to endorse Justin Houston. The guy is still producing. Uh, I think he had. I don't think he's had less than eight sacks in the past like four or five years. Love to see him come in and start guiding some of these guys, teaching these guys moves, showing them you know showing them the ropes and showing them um, you know what it's like to be a successful pass rusher in the NFL. 
And number five on my list, and this is a little tongue-in-cheek, but fast-track program for Matt Ryan. Um, We've seen Matt Ryan uh, go through a new offensive scheme, new offensive coordinator, and, you know, it can be an ugly thing. And it's not just Matt Ryan. I mean, any quarterback going through a new offensive scheme um, and a new offensive coordinator, it's a struggle. You're talking about, you know, a new approach completely, uh, completely new terminology, uh, new looks, a lot of different things. And it's extremely difficult for any, you know, quarterback to do. We saw it, you know, with Kyle Shanahan, that first year with Kyle Shanahan was an ugly looking one. Um, a lot of people were ready to throw in the towel uh, on Kyle Shanahan until the next year, and then all the Matt Ryan haters were as loud as they ever were. Uh, but if we can get him a little bit ahead of where most quarterbacks would be come game one, I think this team can be a lot more successful uh, than people realize. This is a offensive scheme that fits extremely well into Matt Ryan's strengths. Um, it's it's a it's a little bit more simple than people realize. A lot of it relies on that um, the play action if you can get the run going or the play action to set up the run. Uh, a lot of twelve personnel sets with two tight ends uh, to compensate for uh, for for weak protection, um, and it just plays it, it bodes well for Matt Ryan. Um, so I think it'll be extremely uh, beneficial if we can get Matt Ryan just a little bit ahead of where he would normally be. So uh, that's a big one for me as well. But uh, those are my just kind of kind of my foundation that I think that the Falcons need to build on uh, to start out with. To, you know, to, to start out a, a successful regimen and uh, get this new um, this new look for the franchise uh, going in the right direction. So you know, there's a lot of different things that you could say. Uh, about the goals and the expectations that you want to have going into training camp. These are obviously broad expectations. Um, They're not very specific. If we wanted to get real specific, we'd start talking about the development of specific players and things like that. Uh, But we're going to save that for some other episodes when we start getting into some of these positional battles that are going to happen. And we'll talk about them as they're developing too as we go into training camp and things like that. So a lot of different things to look at here. A lot of different things to talk about and discuss. So hit me up. Uh, let me know what you thought, man. Let me know what positional battles uh, y'all want to talk about first going into training camp. Obviously, that offensive line one uh, is going to be good. Uh, there's, there's obviously going to be some battles on the defensive side of the ball as well. Uh, so a lot of good things to look at here. But um, that's my overlook, man, for uh, and expectations going into this training camp. You guys have heard me talk about Airport Vapes before. The premier provider for all your vaping needs in Atlanta. They've got vape mods, tons of vape flavors. They've got a CBD line called Hollum's Hints. They've got tincture lines. They've got gummies. They've got uh, tincture lines for your pets. They've got all kinds of stuff. you got to go in there and check these guys out. Go in there and ask for Kurt. Kurt's the owner. He's an expert on all this stuff. He has dedicated his life to this store and making sure that he provides the best products in the Atlanta area. Go over there and check them out. They're located on Lang Avenue in Hapeville, Georgia. That is a wrap on episode 22 of the Heads Up Podcast. Uh, Everybody out there, man, make sure you subscribe or follow on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. Make sure you leave a five-star written review. It'll help out a ton, man. I truly appreciate it. Um, You can find me on social media, uh, on Instagram, at Atlanta Falcons Podcast, on Twitter, Heads Up Falcons. Uh, Go and follow me, man. Hit me up. Let me know what you think. 
A big shout out and thank you to my producer uh, for all the editing that he does uh, for the podcast. You do great work, Jason, man. Thank you so much. Um, Everybody out there, thank you so much for uh, listening. We will see you next time.